What would your life look like if you felt confident in your body and in your health habits? We believe that confidence is possible for all people. This is the Free Method Podcast, and I'm your host, Dylan Murphy, registered dietitian and owner of Free Method Nutrition. We are dedicated to empowering women to make peace with food, heal their relationship with their body, and create sustainable health habits. Come hang with us each week as we have conversations that will inspire you to live a life of freedom. Let's dive into today's show. Welcome back to another episode of Free Method Podcast. Today we have a solo episode and we're going to be talking all about hunger cues, what they are and how to reconnect with them. So wherever you are listening in from, I hope that the weather is as sunny and beautiful as it is here in Nashville. I will say one thing that has been kind of annoying the past few weeks is my air conditioning and my car is broke and it's been very hot. So that has been less than fun, but also it's so hard to like find time to take your car to get fixed and then know you have to leave it there. You're not going to have a car. So it's just been a thing. I think we're finally going to take it on Friday of this week. So maybe by the time you're listening to this, I will actually have AC in my car. But anyway, to chat a little bit about hunger cues. So did you know that we are all born with the natural ability to know we are when we are hungry and when we are full? If you're new around here, I have, gosh, he's now almost 19 months, um, a 19-month-old son named Calder. And I feel like I've learned so much about this firsthand since becoming a mom and just being able to observe how in tune he is with his hunger and fullness, even when he can't like use the words yet, I'm hungry or I'm full. But like when I set food on his plate, he will eat until he's full. Right now, his way of showing he's full usually is like throwing food to our dog, Remy, or just like waving his hands in the air that he's all done or trying to stand up in his high chair. But there's ways that he cues me into like, hey, I'm full. And he's able to recognize that. And then the same thing with hunger. He has recently learned where the cabinet is that we keep all the snacks. And so he will run over to that when it's usually about time for like his afternoon snack. And he started learning how to say the word snack. So like we'll run to the room and be like, snack, snack, snack. But it's been really cool to observe of how connected he is to his hunger cues and fullness, like I said. And then as we go throughout life, we get so disconnected with that from things like diet and just what we're told by people of like, don't eat before this time, or you need to like wait this amount between meals. And that's a lot of what can like disconnect us from recognizing that hunger cue. Also, even just being attuned to our body. So things like trauma and just disassociating from our body can also impact our hunger cues. Our hunger is regulated by a line of communication between our brain and our stomach. So basically, when we need energy, our brain sends a message to our stomach that encourages us to eat. That message from our stomach that signals us to eat is called a hunger cue. And hunger, you may experience it in different ways on different levels. You may notice your stomach growling or lacking energy, maybe feeling irritable, 
And then you also may recognize what we talk to our clients about of like comfortable hunger versus uncomfortable hunger. So some of those I just mentioned may be comfortable hunger of like, okay, I can tell my stomach feels a little empty. Maybe it's growling a little bit. My energy's a little low, but it's not like crazy low where I'm starting to feel a little dizzy or having a hard time concentrating. And those are when we start to kind of steep into more of that like uncomfortable hunger, which we want to try and avoid. So like I said, with babies and young children, that line of communication between the brain and the stomach is usually very strong, very clear, and pretty kind of like black and white where they know like, hey, I feel hungry. I need to solve this problem. Can I have food? And then, like I mentioned, as we get older, so many things can impact that. So again, diets, trauma we've experienced, disconnecting, like disassociating from our body, um, also just like medications you may be on, or you may even notice with certain like work schedules you have. So if you have to be at work really early or you work really late and that kind of shifts the time that you can eat, that can definitely impact our hunger cues too. One thing I wanted to make sure to touch on, because we hear this from clients, someone we're just talking about unlearning things from diet culture. Often hear people say like, okay, but isn't sometimes hunger a sign that I'm just thirsty? And let me just say that is a myth that is probably created by diet culture. I don't really know the origin of it. Who knows if, who knows? It's probably one of those like old wives tales that just like traveled like word of mouth. One thing I talk about with clients when we're talking about that, like mistaking hunger for thirst would be like, okay, if you had the urge to cough, your body's probably not really needing to sneeze right? It's probably needing to cough. If your body needed to sneeze, you'd feel the urge to sneeze. The same thing is true about hunger and thirst. If you're thirsty, you're going to feel that sensation. Your throat may feel kind of dry. You might feel kind of like parched. Whereas hunger, you're going to feel more of that like low energy, growling stomach. And sometimes you might feel both at the same time since it's pretty common to drink water, drink something while you're eating. But one is not going to be like hunger is not going to be like mistaken for thirst. Hunger signals, like I said earlier, come directly from our brain to tell us, hey, we need food. And we can trust that our body knows what it's doing in sending those cues. So chronic dieting and restriction teach us to ignore those signals our body's sending, even though they're probably not blatantly telling you like, hey, you're going to start this diet and you're going to be disconnected from your hunger cues, but it's what it's doing. If you think about something like intermittent fasting, when you can only eat during certain time periods, it's then saying like, okay, well, if you feel hungry outside of this eating window, like, no, sorry, like not much you can do, drink some water, any other diets are going to do that as well, whether it's just restricting your caloric intake or again, adjusting the times, adjusting what types of food. And so if you're listening to this, you may kind of fall on any level of the spectrum. Maybe you feel super disconnected from your hunger. Maybe you've been working with a dietitian for a while or just working on your own in your intuitive eating journey and starting to feel more connected. But really wherever you may fall, it's absolutely possible to reconnect with those hunger cues and thus reestablish trust with your body. And with that, we'll be able to listen to those signals and then know how to best honor them. So in talking about reconnecting with our hunger cues, 
The first thing we want to do is work on reestablishing trust between you and your body by feeding yourself regularly. So oftentimes this looks like having three meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then eating snacks throughout the day. And then with from here is when it kind of can get client specific, person specific of like, okay, how early do you eat breakfast? What time do you eat lunch? Do we need a snack between breakfast and lunch? Most people I find need a snack between lunch and dinner because that is going to be a bigger gap. And then, you know, what time do you eat dinner? Do you need a maybe two snacks between lunch and dinner? Or, or do we need a snack after dinner or both? And so really, again, looking at your schedule and your day to see how can I make sure I'm eating every few hours? And then especially, how can I make sure that when I'm hungry, I honor that cue my body's giving me and I eat something? Because that right there is reestablishing that trust with your body. The second step would be identifying your individual hunger cues. Because again, it could look different for different people. There's still like general cues you may feel, but certain things that you may notice more specifically, or for you, you may notice like, ooh, okay, if I'm starting to get like a headache, like that's when I've definitely gotten into more of that like uncomfortable. And with that, what can be really important is like slowing down throughout your day, trying to be a little bit more present because what we often see is when you are so go, 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 head down, so focused on what you're doing, it's really easy to feel disconnected from your body. So then you may look up and when you have a minute to breathe, you're like, oh my gosh, now I'm really hungry. I've probably started to get into that more like uncomfortable category. So some of that again is going to be, okay, what are ways that I need to make sure I'm slowing down throughout the day, being aware of how my body feels. Um, We've talked before on this podcast about the four types of hunger and one of which is practical hunger. And this is one of those times where practical hunger can come into play too, is if you're noticing like, okay, I am so busy throughout the day. And then when I look up and have a moment to like catch my breath, I'm starving. And so some of that will be where we maybe would insert some of that like practical hunger of like, okay, maybe at 11 a.m., I'm usually not so hungry for lunch because maybe I like to eat around like 12 or 12.30. But I know because, you know, let's say you have work meetings or things on your plate or maybe you're running errands during your kid's nap time or something like that. You know that eating around 12, 12.30 isn't always feasible for you. So some of it would be shifting of like, okay, maybe I need to eat a little bit earlier. It doesn't mean I have to eat till I feel like uncomfortably full, but I need to eat enough so that I'm not so uncomfortably hungry come you know, one thirty-two when I'm done running errands, when I'm done with the work stuff that I'm working on. So another way to reconnect with your body is to eat as soon as you notice a hunger signal. And again, with what I just mentioned with practical hunger can come into play if we're so busy and, and not noticing hunger signals, but it can be really important to work on eating as soon as we notice those. That is gonna help, again, rebuild that trust with your body so that your body's going to be consistently sending out those hunger cues too. And again, prevent you from getting to that like uncomfortable hunger because what we find with like, this spectrum of like uncomfortable hunger to uncomfortable fullness. It's it can very much be this like slingshot effect of like, 
okay, I'm uncomfortably hungry. And then I eat so, so fast because I'm so hungry that next thing I know, I'm uncomfortably full. And so eating when we start to notice hunger, when we're more at that comfortable hunger can be really powerful because then we are able to be more tuned into the meal, eat a little bit slower and really be aware of when we eat, when we reach more of that comfortable fullness. And then the last thing I want to mention when it comes to reconnecting with your body with your hunger cues is being patient and kind to your body. So depending where you may be in your journey with food and your journey with your body, your hunger cues could be a little all over the place. We see this, especially with our clients who are navigating eating disorder recovery, where your body has kind of gotten used to not sending out hunger cues because maybe you haven't been eating enough and our bodies want to do whatever they can to keep us alive, keep us safe. And so they start to kind of take an audit of like, okay, sending hunger cues takes energy, energy, AKA calories, but also like circulating blood, my heart working, lungs working, like those things take energy, AKA calories too. And if I only have so much to give, I'm going to have to put it more towards that primary stuff. And then kind of for lack of getting too science like turn off these hunger cues. But what we want and when we're nourishing our body properly is that our body can do all of the above. It can send out hunger cues. We can have a regular period if we're someone who has a period and our heart can work properly, our lungs. So basically all these like primary things and secondary things can work all at the same time. And so with all of this, we have to trust that with time and consistency, aka eating meals frequently, eating snacks frequently, eating throughout the day, that your body will connect and your hunger cues will start showing up so that you can respond accordingly. So what we've talked about is how there is a wide, wide variety of factors that can impact our natural hunger cues, whether it's diets, eating disorder, trauma we've experienced, or more things like medication or your work schedule. And being out of touch with them can lead to really either under or overeating and may lead you feeling kind of like frustrated or just, again, disconnected with your body. And really these four points we talked through can be great steps in that journey to reconnecting with your body. And now if you are listening to this and you're like, gosh, this sounds super helpful, but I feel like I need a little bit of help um, because it can be hard. I think me talking through these steps can make it sound like it's just this like easy, like, okay, one, two, three, four, like, let me just follow these steps and my hunger cues will be back in no time. And for some people, it may be that straightforward, but for a lot of people, we may need more support in making peace with our body, making peace with food, getting more in touch with hunger and fullness. So if you feel like you need extra support in your journey, we are currently accepting new clients at Free Method Nutrition, both in person if you are local to the Nashville, greater Nashville area, or virtually if you are anywhere else in the US. So the first step you can take with that is go to freemethodnutrition.com slash free call to schedule a free discovery call with me. And on that call, we'll chat a little bit about 
what you're struggling with, what your goals are. And then I will share a little more about how we can help you in your journey. So again, that's freemethodnutrition.com slash free call. And then you can always shoot me a DM on Instagram as well at dylanmurphy.rd. So thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you have a few minutes and you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much if you could leave us a five-star review and maybe take a minute or two to leave us a little note on like your biggest takeaway or what you really are loving about that po- this podcast. Reviews and ratings really help other people discover our podcast, which helps this message of intuitive eating and just being feeling safe and proud in your body reach even more people. So thank you in advance for your rating and review, and we will see you on next week's episode. Thanks so much for joining today's episode on the free method podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star review that helps others discover this message of freedom. Share this with your friends and make sure you tag us on Instagram at free method nutrition. And if you're ready to start your own journey to freedom, I'd love to offer you a free call to chat with me about your health goals. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash free call to schedule yours. We will see you in the next episode.